Here we go. Colton. Daniel. I'm, I'm looking forward to this conversation um, because this is not something I'm good at. I This is the part of friendship that is hardest for me. What was it? What did you just say? <laughs> I said conversation. What did, what did you just do? <laughs> God damn you. Conflict. Con- hey. Mm-hmm. Hey. Here we go. Conflict in friendships. Yes. Let's have one. Let's have one right now, <laughs> you son of a bitch. No, conflict in friendships. Conflict for me, I think... Uh, that's always been probably our biggest difference temperamentally is your, <laughs> yeah. your willingness and openness to conflict. Yeah. And I have a tendency to just run from conflict. I, and, which I think is very common. Yeah. I think people are not fans. I think most people avoid them. Yeah. Conflict to me, I think of it. I think the big thing I had to realize is that conflict for me felt like it was always like the end of mm-hmm. like I had to learn that <laughs> yeah. I could have conflict with somebody and they could still love me. <laughs> yeah. Still fine. It's not a death sentence. Yeah. Yeah. We, you could have a fight and be okay. Um, and I feel like it was being in like our friendship and in other difficult, like longstanding friendships mm-hmm. and being in a relationship where it's just like, there's going to be conflict. Yeah. There's going to be fights. Um, do you feel like conflict has always come naturally and easily for you? I think it's come naturally because I've always been immersed in it. Like my family fought all the time. Like my dad is very aggressive and intense. And so it's like everything that's like a small disagreement always turned into a fight. So I think I had a little bit of like a predisposition for it. Mm -hmm. Um, But with friends and as I got older, I, I just always felt like I'm a particular guy. I think we all have like a particular way of doing things in our life. And some people are better at just going, well, I don't know. That's just how they do it. And I'm, working on this, (laughs) which is like when there's a difference in preferences, not making an issue out of it. Um, cause I can endure things for a while, but the closer I get to someone, the more I'm like, Hey dude, that is bugging me. Mm. Like, please stop doing that. Cause it'll make me feel more loved. Mm. I've been bad at adding that last part of it, which is this will make me feel loved Mm -hmm. rather than going, you're doing it the wrong way. Can you give me an example? Maybe like in our, you could, you can use our relationship. Like, um, I think I'm trying to think of anything that is. So like when you say no to something, when you're not going to make it to something, yes, okay. you provide a long answer. Yes, I do. And I'm like, I love an essay. <laughs> like you don't have to explain why yeah. you're not coming. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can just say not feeling it tonight. And to me, that's like a love language of like, Oh cool. It was like so brief. And like, he trusts that I'm not going to be like weird or mm. butthurt or like pressuring him to come. You know, he's just going to be like, not tonight, man. I'd rather be home. I'm tired. Long week. You yeah. know, even that's a little bit of an explaining answer. Yeah. Uh, it's so interesting. Cause to me, I think like if I were to respond, like just not feeling it tonight, it would feel to me like, well, I don't want to seem dismissive. I don't want to seem like I don't yeah. care. So to me, I mean, that's a, that's a great example. Um, cause I am, I am a king of the big text. Um, I have, to, I already I, know it's a no because of the length of the yeah, text. Like, dude, thanks so much for the invite. That's yeah. a no. I'm yeah. just closing <laughs> it out now. <laughs> um, I feel like I've gotten better at, throughout our friendship where like, I'll still send a long text, but I'll start it with like, this is going to be a long one. No pressure to yeah. respond. Um, or like no pressure to respond right now or whatever. Right. I, yeah, to me, I feel this, this need to like explain myself it. And it does yeah. come from an apologizey place. Right. I feel, cause I think I grew up with a lot of conflict as well. My parents fighting all the time, very intense dad. Um, and I think that 
I sort of went the opposite route where I really like curled into myself and kind of like, okay, well, I'll just like try not to ruffle any feathers. I'm really sorry. I mean, I, even as a kid, just like, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. And I think we had fights early on in our relationship because you had certain friendships where I was like, why are you apologizing for I, them? I, like that, that person's shitting on you. That was a huge habit. And then I'd get mad at you and it was like, wow, it's causing friction between us. Yeah. That was a huge habit for a long time. I yeah. really had to work on like, you know, I I hear that you're upset, but like mm-hmm. I'm not I'm not actually apologizing for what I did. Right. I'm sorry that your feelings are so whatever they are. Yeah. But like I have to stand by what I said or did. And that like, can I tell you though, I honestly don't like, I'm sorry as mm-hmm. a, as a general response, mm-hmm. <clears throat> I almost prefer, you know, I just don't think I did anything wrong, but I, I hear your point of view. Mm. Cause I hate the whole, I, I'm sorry you feel that way. It's if I could shoot that phrase in the face, like I would happily kill that from all conversations. It's, mm-hmm. I know some people just want to hear, I'm sorry. I am not one of them. Mm. I hate I'm sorry and I my wife definitely leans more on the I'll just apologize and and so we can get through it yeah and I'm like if we're not actually solving this Mm -hmm. then I don't want to hear I'm sorry it's not finished for me Mm -hmm. we need to understand I need to figure out did I really mess this up and am I like crazy right now or did you do something that we needs to change Mm -hmm. otherwise it's going to happen again because I've just seen the ripple effect of like when people are quick to say I'm sorry they're just going to hurt you the same way over and over again because they're just happy to say, I'm sorry and not actually curb the behavior. Mm-hmm. So I I'm, I'm, I'm probably the worst. I'm not the worst. I've actually gotten a lot better at, at doing specific apologies, Yeah, but I am not good at like a quick, I'm sorry. A general. No, yeah. I, I suck at that. I'm a little too fast to do it. And I've, yeah. I've had to work on dialing it back a little bit and trying to get to the real truth of yeah. what's the issue. Like where's the actual hurt? Where's the actual offense? Right. What was actually done? And if I did truly do something, I will fess up to that. Yeah. But if, but otherwise like I'm, I can't just take responsibility for feelings. Yeah. In regards to conflict specifically, I think one thing that I really respect about you is your willingness to have fights with friends, which I think is a little bit of a, a little bit of a rare, bit of a rare art form. I think that it's, uh, it's hard to do. And I think a lot of people don't want to do it. I think people tend to want to avoid fighting with their friends. Mm -hmm. I think there's, for me, there was the assumption that you just shouldn't ever fight with your friends. Like if you really have like friend, if you were like really friends, you wouldn't have anything to fight about. Yeah. That of course is absurd, but that was my, that was my youthfulness. <laughs> I think I always looked up and admired the people that had fights and were friends. Like I always loved movies set in Boston because mm-hmm. Boston guys always seem to like give each other shit like Goodwill hunting style. It's the mm-hmm. four guys in the car going to work every day, going to hang out every day. They fucking, they fight, they tease each other, but they, if one of them gets in a fight, all three of them are getting out of the car to mm-hmm. support that friend without question. Yeah. And I'm like, that's what I love. That's where you just, it's loyalty and it's commitment and having the friction makes you know it's honest. And if you never have friction, you're like, are we just buddies? Cause it's easy. Mm. And it's mm-hmm. just like, we're kind of numbing out. Yeah. Together as opposed to like, I love, I mean, if, I know it's probably a cliche to say that I love Goodwill hunting or whatever, but the, that's that, that confrontation they have where they're working construction. He's like, the best part of my day is when I walk up to your door and I hope that you were not there. Mm-hmm. That's like a real loving thing to say. Cause you're basically calling him a coward mm-hmm. and you're saying, I want more for your life than you want for yourself. Mm-hmm. And I want it so bad that it's going to cost me something, which mm-hmm. is your presence 
Um, and I'm like, that is friendship. And I don't really care for anything else because it just fades. I also went through a season where I lost a bunch of close friends just because they faded away. And I was like, well, I guess I was closer to them. I guess I had a higher evaluation. When, when was that? What do you think? It was in my mid-20s. I made a lot of friends after I came to L.A. that I thought were really cool and committed. And, and then something would happen and we'd have a little bit of friction and they just ghost. Mm-hmm. I happened with two guy friends and then a girl that I was dating mm-hmm. where I was like, wow, just hard stop over. No communication, no responding to texts, no calls. Um, and one of them, I had confrontations with all three of them and they just couldn't, they didn't rebound from that. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, I guess we were just kind of like convenient playmates. Buddies. You know? Yeah, just buddies. But as soon as it got even a little tense, one of them I called out for like a, a girl that he was dating. Um, and then the other two were just kind of like these natural moments where life got hard and it wasn't like all laughs and drinks. Mm-hmm. And it just slowly faded, just fade away like no, they just stopped answering texts. And so I was like, wow, I gotta, I gotta spend a lot more time with people who can pour back into my life. Mm-hmm. And my mentor asked me, he's like, it sounds like you spend 90% of your energy on the 10% of your friends hmm. or your community. And that 10% is the most chaotic and you're giving them almost all of your energy. It's like, what if you took all of that energy and put it towards like you know, you tell me stories about hanging out with your roommate, Dustin, he seems like a good guy or like, Dan, why, why aren't you spending that energy over there? Mm-hmm. All your stories about them are positive. These people are like these three people you're like always hanging out with, always trying to like make it work with. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just stressful. What's it like for you as you begin to, uh, now as you begin to develop friendship or as you get to know people, is there a little bit of a fear that like eventually something's going to like pop off. I mean, I I feel like, I feel like you, you probably had more of that when you were a little bit younger and you were kind of making friends on your own. I think we've talked about that. Like there was a fear of like, whenever that first fight comes, that could be the end of this friendship. And I don't, I'm wondering if that, if that lingers now that we're all getting a little bit older. I think what I've had to do, part of my like maturation has been trusting my gut and trusting my read on people. And going, that person has some behaviors that are a little off to me. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's tough to give like specific examples without yeah. being really judgmental and, and specific. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's just like, there's certain people that have certain jobs or have certain relationships where you're like, ooh, I like this guy, but if he's dating her, like, I don't, I don't know how we're ever going to jive, you know? Yeah. That's a big red flag to me. Um, or people, people like, uh, yeah, I know it's, it's so, I feel like I'm walking it, it myself into t- a landmine of like specific you, yeah, examples. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 There's no, you don't need to get specific. But about I went stuff. through it with Danielle cause Danielle had a wide, wide community and there's people that she loved and would call like family, but then they'd come over and hang out or they'd tell the same story over and over again about the same bad behavior. And it's just like, they're not really like put together mm-hmm. and which is fine. Cause we all have hard seasons, but I think you have to be kind of ruthless about your inner circle. Hmm. You only have so much bandwidth. And I mean, you referenced the quote on another episode, which is like, you're kind of the the accumulation of your five closest friends. Mm -hmm. You know, one of those friends could be your mom and the other one could be a sibling. And then that leaves like two or three slots for just friends. Mm -hmm. And they are going to shape your character and make you, you know, think differently about morality and politics and how to get involved in the world. Like, 
it's kind of that iron sharpens iron thing. So if I see someone, I'm like, how are you going to sharpen me when you're kind of living in a really dull space? Mm-hmm. Um, but I, again, it's, I think having the conflict to me is a sign of trust because I realize it takes a lot of energy out of me. Mm-hmm. And if you're willing to like have a hard conversation with them, I can't think of a, a more, I can't think of a bigger act of love than, than to sacrifice your own comfort in the hopes that you will improve your relationship by having a hard conversation mm-hmm. that costs you so much to be the, to be the one starting that conversation and calling someone out, uh, kind of doing the mini intervention and being like this behavior, man, it hurts me. And I don't think it's good for you. Yeah. I think that's, that's the hard. issue. I think that's the issue that I have with, um, with like what has been called so-called call out culture or cancel culture <laughs> is that yeah. it is, it is calling out bad behavior, which I believe is, a necessity. Right. I do believe we need that part of it, but so often it's calling out bad behavior with no desire for any kind of reconciliation or repair. Yeah. So it's just like, that's a shitty thing. End of discussion. I feel like I embodied that behavior as a young man. I think I was that guy. I was the call out. I would call people out often and early and it was just not a good thing. Like Mm -hmm. it was just, people hate you for that. I mean, Mm -hmm. and it's hard to have any sort of long-term relationship if you're always on someone's ass. Um, It's tough, dude. It's really tough because I have a really critical mind. My mind is always picking things apart, always analyzing what's the better behavior. Mm -hmm. Oh, they did this. That's not the best thing. Like, uh, like I make a million judgments a day. Um, Do you think you ever initiate or instigate conflict in friendship to test it? Ooh, like if I'm not sure about it. Yeah. I I think I only initiate com- conflict with people I know are worth it. Okay. I don't think I would do it flippantly if I'm on the fence. I'm rarely on the fence about a relationship. I'm pretty. That has that has been something I've had to uh, learn about you and accept in our friendship is that if we are having conflict, it's not like, oh, Colton's really sick of me or he's like, he doesn't want to be my friend anymore. Yeah. It's like he really wants to be your friend and this is a way that he demonstrates that Mm -hmm. he's willing to enter into a difficult space for the benefit of the relationship. Yeah. I just think that's super rare. So I wasn't used to it, especially with uh, masculine friendships. Well, you do. I mean, do you think you struggle with anger at all? I think that I have started to, as I've gotten older, um, as I've gotten older and ironically, as I've gotten, healthier and as I've worked on my inner health and really worked to sort of like heal some childhood stuff and get into my own, get into my own psyche and my ego. Um, I have realized that there's a lot more anger in there than I ever would have owned when I was Mm. younger. Um, anger is like my fuel source. Yeah. That's why I think we have had the conflicts we've had. Yeah. Cause I just, I'm running on it. I just want to like shrink away from it. I, I find anger like so scary Mm. because I was a kid whose dad was angry at me a lot and he was big and shouty. Yeah. And so like I, I ironically, so is mine. I just went a different direction with how I dealt with it. I started getting, well, it's ironic because my dad was probably the reason that I shied away. But as I became a teenager, he became the first person that I really started to fight back with Mm. and, you know, come like 15, 16, 17, like that shrinking, that shrinking kid turns into like shouting matches yeah. in the kitchen. It's just like two full dudes yeah, just like, like yelling go. at yeah. each other. And I think he gave me kind of like the, the practice sessions I needed 
Because at that point, he had proven that as a father, he wasn't going to go anywhere. Yeah. So it's like, I'm your son. You're my dad. We're stuck with each other. Right. Whereas like that was harder for me to accept with friendship. With friends, I was like, they can just leave. Like if I, if they get too mad at me, they'll just disappear. Yeah. And I'll lose them. And so it was the same way with women. It's the same way with dating. Like I was always afraid of making relationships angry, which was hard because yeah. I had a run of relationships there where I was making my girlfriends angry a lot. <laughs> and... I took it on. I just, I took it on and I was like, I guess this isn't good. I guess this isn't working out. I guess this is bad. Instead of just being like, you know, a little bit more centered, a little bit more balanced. Well, that's why I, I mean, I love the Enneagram for these reasons because it puts language to things I've experienced and it helps me understand like this is like an operating system I've downloaded over the years. And so much of what being like a type one reformer is, if you know anything about the Enneagram is like, they're always uh, judgmental because we're in the gut triad. The gut triad deals with anger, mm-hmm. you know? And so anger, like I said, a second ago is a fuel source for us because it, it makes us see that what is right and what is wrong. Cause we're all concerned about justice and fairness and optimizing systems. Mm-hmm. And so for me, it's like with conflict, I think the evolution of my perspective on anger is it's really helpful as a signpost in relationships. Cause you could do something that makes me angry. And as opposed to making the snap judgment as Dan fucked up. I go, what is this pointing at in me that I need to look at with as objectively as possible? Mm -hmm. It's like lateness bothers me so much. Mm -hmm. And we've had that talk over and over again and you've Mm -hmm. like course corrected, but it's like, there's entire cultures that accept lateness Mm -hmm. where time is fluid Mm -hmm. and it's not a moral thing. So, so much of it for me is like anger is triggered in me when I'm out of control. Mm -hmm. So lateness means I'm not in control. I'm here at six. I was probably here at 5.55 and I've been waiting for five minutes just for you to show up at six. So if you're five minutes late, even though it's like a total normal thing, I've been out of control for 10 minutes mm-hmm. by the time you show up and going like, that's, it's not about me, man. Like there's a respect there if I ask you to show up at a certain time, but ultimately it's, it's like, do I love this dude enough to just not be bothered by this? Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. So I think, I think with, when it comes to conflict, it's healthy to express those things. And then once you've talked through it a few times, you just kind of have to let it play out. Like I can't be on your ass every time you're late. That would be the most annoying shit ever Yeah. for both of us. Mm-hmm. So I know we can make a joke of it sometimes, but the, the end goal is that you show up earlier and I get more chill. Mm-hmm. I think every conflict has like a both sides change right. required. Right. So... Do you feel like there is ever, if, if you're in a friendship and you're in like, you've been in a friendship for a while, ever cause for a friendship breakup or do friendships just drift? You know, is there ever cause to be like, look, this friendship's not working out. Yeah. <laughs> it's not me. It's you. <laughs> it's like, yeah, uh, I've only had one of those in my life <laughs> Yeah, that, and you know of it and mm-hmm. It was, it was very much that thing of, I've, I've had seasons of my life where I was in a very self-destructive pattern. I was fucking around and, and, and drinking too much and, and just like, just not living a good life, not healthy. And so when I had a close friend start to go down that path hard, I was like, look, dude, I've been down there. I know what the other end of this is. I don't want to even be around it anymore. I don't want to, I know I want to support you and love you and say like, Hey, to each their own best of luck on the journey thing, but I intimately where we're at now is going to end. Mm-hmm. If you choose that destination, I can't go. I just yeah. can't man. Like, and 
it's a weird, it was weird. It was weird to do like in the moment it felt like, Oh, this is going to change and it's going to be healed and repaired because we had this on a thing. And then it didn't, mm-hmm. it kept going down that road. And I was like, all right, that was the end of that. It literally killed the intimacy of that friendship. Now I can still hang out with him mm-hmm. we can still party or, or, uh, I mean, I do a lot of things with him. Yeah. I'd still hang out and I mean, do whatever, but it's not going to be intentional. Mm-hmm. It's not going to be, Hey, let's do this vacation together. Let's have like a couple's dates together. Let's yeah. collaborate on creative. Pro- None of that. All of that ended. Mm-hmm. Um, and to me, that's, I don't know. I always have this voice in my head of someone who's like infinitely generous going like, no, you just have to love them through it. Mm-hmm. You just can never cut them out. And it's just like, I don't know. I, I not to over spiritualize, but I look at the whole Jesus thing of like, he says like, Hey, I'm going this direction. Do you want to come? Mm-hmm. And he let people either go with him or not. And sometimes he let really toxic people like a Judas follow him for years, mm-hmm. knowing that this guy's kind of garbage. This mm-hmm. guy's going to fuck me over. Um, but if someone just wants to go down a different road, Jesus wasn't like, no way, reconsider. Mm-hmm. Hey, I know I, I know I checked on checked in on you last month and it's been a month. Has, thing, has, have things changed? He's just like, no, go. <laughs> yeah. Go. What do you think is the right... Do you think there's ever... No, what do you think is the right way to do that? If somebody if somebody is feeling like this friendship it just feels sour. It just feels like it's gone it's gone in a bad way. I mean, we all know that feeling yeah. in a dating relationship where you're just like yeah. this is off. Mm-hmm. Something's off and I don't think I want to keep going. Obviously, like because of the dynamic of a romantic relationship, there's there is this like understood yeah. cultural thing of like you have to break but, it off. Yeah, you have friends. You, you're just like. I mean, unfortunately, like the, our generation decided to invent ghosting, which is like yeah. the shittiest thing in the world. But is there a version of that with friendship? And what do you like? What do you think that looks like? I've. I mean, I've heard stories of. Um, I have good friends who have tried to become like couple friends of another couple. Mm-hmm. And that couple has been like, look, just not interested. Mm. Like straight up just been like, it's, it's just not going to work. And I think their excuse was like time or whatever. Yeah. Um, I just think there's, there's something to be had. I don't know. I I'm all for like extreme honesty. I mean, I'm not, I'm not saying that I could pull it off, but if someone was pursuing me actively after I felt like the relationship had crossed the threshold of it was unredeemable. Yeah. I think at this point in my life, I'd feel, I'd feel pretty comfortable just being like, Hey, I don't want to do this anymore. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just think we're going different places. Mm-hmm. That's kind of like always my language is like the destination, the journey. Like I'm just going this way. You're going that way. Enjoy, enjoy your, your path, man. Like maybe we circle back, but, uh, I think it would just, I think it would be an honest conversation. It'd be fucking weird. I don't, yeah. <laughs> I'm not been pretend land that you could just sit and grab a beer with a guy and be like, Hey, look, John, I just don't want to hang out anymore. Yeah. I think we <laughs> need to so see weird. other friends. Yeah. yeah. It would be a weird experience, but I think you could, I don't think it has to have a blow up, but I think that's what most of us wait for. We either wait for like the catastrophic blow up or you slowly ghost. Well, most of us do that in dating relationships as well. <laughs> yeah. I'd say like you, you're sort of like, well, I don't know. We'll, 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 maybe this, we'll see. And then it either blows up or fizzles out or whatever. It, so yeah. in, instead of just having the sense to be like, I've just got a feeling and I got to go with this. I would be incredibly impressed with anyone who's ever like proactively ended anything, whether it be like a romantic relationship or a friendship. Cause that's the hardest space to make a decision from mm-hmm. where you go. Nothing has blown up yet, 
but man, I just know this is not right. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I think we would all applaud our friends if they did a relationship like that, where they mm-hmm. just were like, no, it's just not right. We're in different seasons of life yeah. and I'm not mad at you. It's just going to let you go. So I think that's really impressive no matter what kind of relationship it is. Yeah. Uh, but it, I mean, to have a healthy conflict, you need two healthy people. And usually if you have two healthy people, there's no re- reason for the relationship to end. Have you ever, have you ever been friends with a, with a guy who has kind of been your, um, kind of your equal in terms of conflict, like approached conflict with the same willingness and headstrongness? Like, have you ever like initiated a fight and just had like, just like horn to horn, <laughs> like have it let's go, dude. I no, I haven't. Yeah. I, I like, I have mostly befriended people who are more on the softer side than me. Mm-hmm. And maybe that's my own like ego going like, I don't want to fight another guy who's going to be really aggressive. I just don't think it would go really well. And partially what I like about these, my, the men in my life is their gentleness, their warmth, their composure, their lack of judgment, their, uh, generosity of spirit. I mean, so it, I don't know if someone was exactly like me and be like, well, then I'm kind of good. I don't really need to mm, yeah. I don't need what you have, man. Yeah. So I like your influence in my life because you have like this creative, warm, funny spirit. You bring a lot of stuff that I admire and I guess I don't admire like, you know, me, Yeah. you know, <laughs> that's really valuable because I think a lot of people do do that. I think a lot of people do just hang out with their own. Yeah. I think self. they just kind of like see themselves mm. and they're like, man, this person's awesome. And it's like, <laughs> well, you and all your friends kind of look alike and act alike and seem alike. And I think I would annoy me though. Yeah. I, think, I mean, I, I couldn't hang out with me. <laughs> I, mean, like, I think guy friends need to be a little different. Yeah. You always need to like a talkative one, a quiet one, the, the guy who's going to lead the pack and the guy who's going to like, maybe he's more like logistics. The other guy's more charisma. And, yeah. and, and, and everybody... the guy who brings the drugs. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. It's like the ocean's 11. Of yeah, friendship. exactly. Yeah. I think you need the balance. It would be really weird. I've had guys that, um, in my circle where everyone's like, yo, Colton, you're going to love so-and-so. He's, he's so like you. He's like theologian. He did this. And then I never end up hanging Cl- out. It never like, no, cl- it never it works. works. I think you yeah. know one of the guys that everyone always referred me to, um, at the church at Mosaic. And it was like, we never became friends. It's like, huh. dude, we just, we're like, it's, that's us. That's me. Yeah. I'm good. <laughs> you know, I'm yeah. have the same conversations I have in my head with this person. <laughs> <laughs> I like a difference of opinion. Yeah. And I, I'm naturally charged up by, I like disagreements in a healthy manner. I like when someone says, I actually prefer this, or did you ever thought about this perspective? I don't like, I don't get off on combativeness. Mm -hmm. My brother is a lawyer. He's loved to pick on me. He loves to tease. Mm -hmm. I don't like frivolous fucking back and forth. Like debate to debate. No, I like heated conversations. Like Mm -hmm. my grandma would always yell at me and my grandpa Mm -hmm. because our conversations would go back and forth, back and forth and we'd get louder and louder because we were passionate about what we were talking about. Right. Like I remember he was disagreeing with like me voting for Obama when I was like 18 or whatever. Right. Do you actually know his politics? Uh, And he's not, he wasn't the most wildly conservative guy. He's Canadian. Mm -hmm. Uh, But we just got loud and my grandma was like, stop. And we're like, what? <laughs> we're having just a having a conversation. So I think I'm wired for that. I'm wired yeah. for a little disagreement. And so someone who was just like me, my grandpa is probably the most like me of anyone I've ever had a relationship with. Yeah. I wonder how common that is that people are, people like a little bit of disagreement. I think we are, I think we're losing that a little bit culturally. I think, um, and maybe not just a little bit. Like I, <laughs> yeah. I think we're kind of fundamentally losing the ability to, um, hold the tension of differing views because I think it's it's really easy to label something as like, well, that view is getting people killed. Yeah. 
um, or like that view is going to lead, you know, I've, I've talked to friends and they're like, you know, they'll say to me, like your view is going to lead America to becoming a communist dictatorship. And I'm like, it's an interesting (laughs) point to take. I don't think we're quite there, but like, there's that, there's that fear of like, well, if I take your view to the furthest possible spectrum, then I, I can't, I can't even begin to approach it as opposed yeah. to being able like, okay, there's a little bit of tension between us. There's a little bit, we're, we're actually not on the furthest ends of the, the yeah. spectrum, but there is tension. We disagree. Let's talk about it. You, I mean, I feel like that's one of your gifts is, is kind of befriending people on all sides of the aisles. Like you have friends on the, the full spectrum of like political, spiritual views, and it never seems to bother you that much. It does Maybe more recently, but I don't, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't think it, I don't think it bothers me all that much. I will say one thing that get that has, I mean, I got real mad about this and like for a long time, I think the, the, the shape my anger has taken going back to the question about like, do you struggle with anger for a long time? The only anger I ever felt was for myself. Mm. I just would boil with rage at me because yeah. I just blamed myself for everything wrong in my life. And as I've gotten a little bit more mature, some of that anger, um, I think it's a little bit less toxic, which is good, but some of that anger has shifted outwards. And I absolutely, uh, lost my temper with a really good friend of mine because they were, they were talking about somebody behind their back that I, and I was like, I don't, I don't agree. Mm. And I like, just, I just lost it. I was like, I can't hold this for you. Yeah. I can't like, I'm not going to hold your opinion of this person. And, uh, I re- yeah, I just, I, I just kind of went off and I've had a couple of those incidents with different friends, with a variety of friends. We had one where like some, I just kind of lost my temper. That's new for me yeah. to really like f- it for me, it feels like flying off the handle. And then I think for <laughs> you, you're like, that was like the most contained, like that was, yeah. that was barely a three yeah. on the scale. But for me, I'm like, you know, I texted you a long text afterwards <laughs> and I'm like, I'm like, Hey man, I'm really sorry that I just, I really lost it. I just really blew my top. So no. this is, this is the end and we'll, we'll wrap it up on this. But I think I, uh, I being friends with you has been really valuable for me in learning that conflict. It doesn't even necessarily mean that anything is wrong. Like it, do, it mm. doesn't necessarily mean that anything is broken. It can just be a valuable step in an, in deepening a friendship and it can actually be a good sign in a friendship. Yeah, I agree. And and the last thing I'll say is like my wife has been a good model for this because she deals with me and I, I kind of just need a fight like once a month. I just need to get into something like to know that I'm like alive with someone like, <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah. uh, that we're not just going through the motions. And she has gotten really good at sitting in a posture of like, I know this isn't about me. Yeah. She used to be so rattled and take it very personally. And now I can see it even in her and it deescalates me sometimes. Mm. Um, Cause you know, you just have like those like petty little fights when you're married and or you're living together or whatever. Sure. And she can see like, okay, he's attaching this issue to a bigger pattern, which I don't really feel like is called for. I'm gonna let him write it out. And he's going to basically circle back to like a moderate opinion. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm going to start high up here and then I'll just talk myself out and eventually I'll settle in like, ah, you know, I just feel like it's this. Yeah. yeah sorry about that or whatever. And she's great. I think when you can have conflict, the more you are secure in your position and who you are, the more you, you know, you can sit in any conflict. If conflicts really rattle you, I feel like it's because you don't know where you are 
in, in the relationship mm. and you don't have a security of self mm -hmm. as a human. Like you don't, you're not secure in your character and your opinions. Yeah. So you're really shook when someone comes at you. Mm -hmm. um, so that's, I think that's, I think that's a great way to end. Cool. I think that's solid. Thank right. you very much for this for this uh, for this conversation. Yeah, dude. Thank and if you need to get into it, man, we can we can get into it. Let's if you got it, if you got, <laughs> let's do it. All right. Thanks All right. for listening, guys. See you on the next one.